greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. participants in the non-title matchup. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the next contest, it is scheduled for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. Introducing in the corner to my left from Korea, weighing in at 270 pounds, it is Taggart Chung Ali. And his opponent, from Venice Beach, California, weighing 305 pounds, it is the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, the incredible Hulk Hogan. This is a non-title bout. Oh my goodness, talk about electrifying a crowd. The World Wrestling Federation oh. champion, an odd title match, but what's happening here? Tiger Chungley. Coming away with a hook for the kendo stick and hook. As Lee and Miller, tremendous right hand now, hook for the kendo stick, and Tiger Chungley takes off. Hulk Hogan, just stepping into the ring, attacked by Tiger Chungley. Should have immediately been disqualified. Oh, look, look at, at this. this. Oh, oh. Come on. You want to mix it up? You want to take on the best? That's exactly what Tiger Chung Lee has raised the ire of the 300 pounds. Oh, look at this. Tiger Chung Lee in the ring. A rather auspicious entrance into the ring. Not a little help, but a part of Paul Hogan. Coming to devastating right. And a whip to the buckle. Hogan follows through with the elbow. That's 300 pounds of nothing but solid muscle. Hulk Hogan slamming Tiger Chung Lee. Hogan recognizes really the only world anyway check. Oh, my. Lead to the spine. And that's that devastating setup on an atomic drop. Whip into the ropes. Up. Oh, into the grass. Tiger Chung Lee, perhaps sorry now for his actions earlier on. Tiger Chung Lee hanging on for dear life. It all fits as Hulk Hogan says. He walks that fine razor's edge all the time. 
And of course, Tiger Chung Lee coming out of the shoe. Going to the hope with that Kendall stick. Probably nice there. By Tiger Chung Lee wrecking the face of the World Wrestling Federation champion. Now Lee trying to get behind the incredible Hulkster. Lee going up to the rope. Tiger Chung Lee right off to the back of the head. Now you can see the momentum. The pendulum swinging back in the favor of Tiger Chung Lee. On Irvold up on the side of the mech to the world's heavyweight champion by the martial arts expert from Korea. Referee right on top of the action, karate chop. Oh. Kick to the pectoral area, another one down in the shoulder area. Tiger Chung Lee. Look at this. Ogre with an elbow. Another one. Oh, my. A right hand. Tiger Chung Lee staggered. Ooh. Tremendous clothesline. Oh, did he hook him? Ben said he hook him. Hulk Hogan with Tiger Chung Lee slams him off. Look out, here it comes. Oh, the cross of can. Hulk Hogan covering his back. Hooks the leg and gets the coach. One, two, three. What an explosion on the part of the world heavyweight champion. Popular champion. There he is, right there. This crowd on its feet. Oh, did Hogan do a job? A Tiger Chung Lee. Oh, yes, sir. Look at this. Hulk bringing this capacity crowd to its feet. How oh, do they love him? Do they love him? The World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion, the incredible Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, victorious. Let's take a look at what we saw just moments ago. Here now, Hogan with a devastating clothesline. And let me tell you, no one gets up after that unless they're assisted. In this case, Tiger Chung Lee, assisted by the champion himself. From there, well, it's just about all over. Hulk Hogan, slipping down, hooking the leg. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you to Gene Okerlund, the World Wrestling Federation champion. All right, thank you, Vince McMahon. Hulk Hogan, you talk about electrifying an audience as you have done this week. You're doing it throughout the World Wrestling Federation. These people mean something to you. Minji, you're standing right here. Can you feel Hulkamania running wild, man? Look at those people. Check everybody out there. I got them all in my side, Minji. I feel like I'm in Vegas on a roll, and there's no stopping us now, brother. No stopping us now. Hulk, Hulk Hogan, not only can I feel it, but I can see it. These fans obviously love you. And it's a reciprocal situation. You've got a love affair going with them. You know, that's right, Meezy. As soon as I came here, it was an instant love affair, Daddy, between me and my people. I stand it up for them. I'm a fighting champion, and I'll never go down, Daddy, because they are on my side. And like I said, Hulkamania is running wild. Hulk! Hulk Hogan! Hulk! 
You have been the world's heavyweight champion now for nearly a month and a half. How does it feel? Man, it feels great to be on top of the mountain. It feels like I got about a million volts of electricity running through these 24 inch pythons. It is tremendous. It is the ultimate, and I'm not coming down off the top for nobody. All right, fans, you've heard of the world's heavyweight champion, tremendously popular champion, I might add, the incredible Hulk Hogan. Back to you, Vince McMahon. All right, indeed, there's only one Hulkster. The World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan, continues his winning ways. He, however, is going to be challenged as never before by many a contender waiting in line for the Hulk. Welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, J.P. John Paz. Of course, each and every week here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire right here on the feed on the Hogan Era. We're talking about the greatest era ever in the history of the business, 1984 to 1993. And if you look at it, it's the era that really made wrestling a big-time mainstream attraction. You see these huge WrestleMania events today. Holding two nights, 60,000 people a night, you know, 100,000 people, uh, if you want to go back to WrestleMania 3, I mean, all on the back of the immortal Hulk Hogan, the man that made Vince McMahon a billionaire and now retired billionaire. But that is a, a different story for a different day here as we go back to 1984 and Vince was kind of living it up, not giving up blank, living life in the fast lane. There's no doubt about that. Thanks to the immortal Hulk Hogan. When you look at Hogan. And you break down the show and everything that, that you know that we're all about here. We're talking about some great feuds, some great moments, some great history. We'll go back. We'll talk about Macho Man Randy Savage, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, Sergeant Slaughter, Ric Flair, Undertaker. You name it. We've talked about a lot of great names, a lot of great characters, a lot of great gimmicks. Last week, we talked about the devious one himself, Mr. Fuji, and kind of what a role he had in the the making of hulkamania really from the start all the way to the finish if you think about it fuji was there the first match of the hogan era technically and we'll you know we'll talk about that again but really the you know the first match of the hogan era 1-3 1984 i know it was taped and you'll see it a, a few days later but bob Backlund and hulk hogan defeating mr fuji and tiger chung lee at agricultural hall in allentown pa then you go and you look at the last match Hogan had, 8-6-93, over in Europe, and it was Hogan against Yokozuna. Only this time, Mr. Fuji is the manager. So he was there for the first and last match. So that's very interesting, a nice little trivia note, a nice little uh, you know, nugget to kind of throw out there. But it's really interesting to think that Fuji, Mr. Fuji, played a big part in Hulkamania, maybe a bigger part than a lot of people may realize. So. There is Fuji, of course, and then there is his tag team partner, and that's the subject of today's episode, Tiger Chung Lee. Everyone might know him as Kim Duck, a, a very, very legendary a Japanese pro wrestler from Tokyo, Japan, trained back in the day by Carl Gotch. Yeah, and he did have some training 
under Kentaro Oki and, of course, Dory Funk Jr., but his main training was really Carl Gotch. And I know he had some judo training and some different things, but Carl Gotch really taught him the shoot style and really kind of threw, obviously throwing some judo and some ground game as well, but really that traditional catch wrestling that, that Carl Gotch was known for, it's really what Kim Duck was raised on, what he was trained on. And what he knew so well. I mean, he used to be a basketball player, but then he became a judoka and really kind of then became a pro wrestler. But really, if you look at it under tutelage of the legendary Carl Gotch, really made a big name for himself in the Japan Pro Wrestling Association, the JWA. And when you think about that promotion, what did it spawn? Boom. And and JPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling with Anoki. And on the other side, Giant Baba, All Japan Pro Wrestling, AJPW. So JWA kind of split off into two. And he had Anoki and you had Baba. When Kim Duck is kind of doing his thing, he at first goes with um, the All Japan side and he really wrestled with uh, Baba a lot. He did wrestle for the AWA as well. But then, really, I think people will remember in the 80s and the 90s, Kim Duck being a force in New Japan pro wrestling. But that's kind of a, a different story for a different day. And really, we're not necessarily even though he is Kim Duck, we're not necessarily talking about him we're really much so going to focus on tiger chung lee and his time in the world wrestling federation like i mentioned big part of the hogan era because he's the first match of his return and really lays the groundwork and i've mentioned this before when hogan comes in in 84 you know he beats up the samoans not, not really you know he's had yes the matches against offensica for sure for the title and stuff but that was kind of laying the groundwork a little bit, but you needed some credible opponents. You need some guys to really, you know, put on the marquee against Hogan as, as a credible force and no better than Fuji. And then of course, Tiger Chung Lee also in 84, he's going to beat Iron Sheik for the world title, 123, 84 at MSG uh, day in infamy. But you need some challengers after that. You have the Max Superstar, you have Fuji, you have Tiger Chung Lee, Afa Sika, Dr. D. David Schultz, Paul Ondorf, and then as we roll into the rowdy one, rowdy, rowdy Piper, there's some other guys sprinkled in there as well, but that, that's kind of the gist of it. So really, Tiger Chung Lee makes his WWF debut in 1983, 5-10-1983, defeats a, a job guy named Steve Gray. And that, of course, was in Agriculture Hall in Allentown, PA, where they did a lot of their TV tapings. He would go on and really, you know, beat everybody, the legendary Pete Sanchez, Frankie Williams, uh, he would then start teaming up with Fuji, beating some job guys. And really, he doesn't suffer too many losses. He fights Rocky Johnson. They go to a double DQ. He's beaten Tony Gurria in Philly. He's beaten a lot of guys, and he's getting a lot of wins. Really, I mean, he's wrestling Salvatore Belomo to draws, uh, maybe a DQ loss here and there, but nothing major. On 8-15-1983, gets a world championship match against Bob Backlund. He loses by countout in Convention Hall in Wildwood, New Jersey. That's got to be a great summer show, or I mean, really used to be. I mean, it used to be kind of a staple, WBF, in Wildwood over the summer. I mean, damn, that's pretty cool. You got a title match between Backlund and Tiger Ching Lee there. Backlund, like I said, wins via countout. He's, you know, he's becoming, you know, I wouldn't say a stalwart or a staple, but I mean, he's becoming a, a decent part of the system here and he does have 
some pretty good wins. Like I said, against Salvatore Belomo, Rene Golay, Tony Gurria, Pete Sanchez, Salvatore Belomo. I was it Salvatore Belomo, but he beats him again. So, I mean, he's kind of, you know, doing his thing. And one of those things where you build him up, build him up, build him up, give him a title match, make him look strong. And he ends up losing a title match. So another match, a little rematch here, 9-6-83 at a house show at the Wells Middle School in Brewster, New York. Backlund would defeat Tiger Chung Lee. Those are really his only major losses here in 83. I mean, he really doesn't lose much. He starts a little mini feud with SD Jones. They get a double DQ. And really, I mean, his only losses in 83 were necessarily DQ loss to Salvatore Belomo and two losses to Bob Backlund. So, I mean, really good run and really strong effort as we're headed into 1984. He then defeats SD Jones in Hartford, Connecticut on 1 1 84. And then, like I mentioned, 1 3. 84, Backlund and Hogan defeated Fuji and Tiger Chung Lee in Allentown, PA. On All-Star Wrestling from Hamburg, PA, the legendary Hamburg Fieldhouse, Fuji and Tiger Chung Lee defeated SD Jones and Steve Lombardi in five minutes. Steve Lombardi, of course, the Brooklyn Brawler. So as he's going along here, having a little mini feud with the legendary SD Jones, they do have a tag team title match on 122-84 where Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas retain their titles and defeat Fuji and Tiger Chung Lee. When you look at Tiger Chung Lee and his career in the WWF, he's not going to win any titles, but he is getting a lot of title shots, and he is one of those guys that is a believable, credible guy that would be getting title shots. You know what I mean? Like, he's a guy that said, okay, it's believable that he's going to get a title shot. Okay, it's believable, maybe not win, but it's believable you can put his name on the poster. He's a big-sized guy. So then in 1984, he's going to continue on a little mini feud with the Hulkster 210-84, wrestling at the Chase Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri. Big John Studd wins a $30,000 18-man battle royal that included the Hulkster and Tiger Chung Lee on 3-27-1984, a WBF championship wrestling show from the Agricultural Hall in Allentown, PA. Hulk Hogan defeats its Tiger Chung Lee and retained his WBF World Heavyweight title. Then on 4-30-1984, another WBF title match, Hulk Hogan defeats Tiger Chung Lee at the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. They then have a $50,000 18-man battle royal in Oakland on the same day at the Coliseum, the Andre. The Giant wins that one, of course, also included the Hulkster and Tiger Chung Lee in that match as well. The final match that they had was WBF All-Star Wrestling Civic Center in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. Hulk Hogan defeated Tiger Chung Lee. Short match, really only three minutes. That was on 7-29-1985. So really three big title matches for Tiger Chung Lee. Two of them would be on TV, interestingly enough. One would be on championship wrestling and one would be on all-star wrestling. So that's some pretty good little tidbits of knowledge. There, some pretty good little Easter eggs, if you will. If people are saying, oh, title matches against Hogan, pretty rare on TV or, you know, maybe only Saturday night's main event. No, there's a couple other ones, all-star wrestling, championship wrestling. Um, there's even superstars where Hogan wrestled, which is even more rare with two TV matches here for Tiger Chung Lee, 184. 185 and then another house show match for the tv uh, excuse me not on tv for the wbf world title where hogan defeated tiger chung lee in oakland so really just a small little feud but it was one of those feuds that was laying the foundation in 1984 for hulkamania had to give some credible opponents had to give it the kickstart that it needed the birth of hulkamania was really through iron Sheik, but you needed the other guys to defeat and make hogan look even better 
than he possibly already could. So really, you know, a good little feud there for the Hulkster. Had to talk about it because of the TV title matches. Really good stuff. But that's not it for Tiger Chung Lee. 1983 all the way to 1988 was his run with the WBF. Believe it or not, people may not realize or may not remember, but man, he was there for a while, even above and beyond the Hogan stuff. I mean, he was still teaming with Fuji for a while. I mean, they would lose to the Samoans. He'd have intercontinental title shots against Tito Santana, where he would lose. He was losing matches to be Brian Blair and, and Big John Studd. I mean, he was on a ton of shows. You'd, you'd see him on the Prism Network, MSG, you know, um, Nesson. You'd see him all over the place. So he was almost like a forgotten guy. He became much more of an enhancement guy and, and guys that they'd bring in and he'd lose obviously to a bunch of guys. I mean, Dino Bravo, kind of whoever they're trying to build up. I mean, that's a pretty damn good run, 1983, all the way to 1988. And you see him on TV. Uh, you see him on Superstars of Wrestling. You see him on Wrestling Challenge, usually in a losing effort for the most part. But, I mean, man, it's crazy to think, like, well, wow, he lasted there almost five years. So pretty damn good run for Tiger Chingley. His last match, one-on-one match in the WWF, was on Wrestling Challenge. He loses to Junkyard Dog on 1688 Nashville, Tennessee. Then on 1688, also part of the same tapings, same day for Wrestling Challenge. But they would be in kind of, um, you know, they would, depending on how they taped it and where they were put on the show, sometimes in reverse order, sometimes not in order. So, also taped on that day was Wrestling Challenge 1973. Strike Force defeated Dave Wagner and Tiger Chung Lee, also obviously in Nashville. But technically speaking, the Junkyard Dog match is his last match, even though taped on the same day and not necessarily taped in order. But that's his last ever match. And even before that, loses to Bam Bam, loses to David San Martino, loses. So really, that was his last match in the WF. Obviously, he would go on to have a pretty big career. And really, you know, be a, a stalwart as Kim Duck in Japan, especially New Japan Pro Wrestling later on. But, I mean, what a run for him and what a career, but a great run in the WWF. Can't knock it five years in the WWF during the Hogan era. Pretty great. I know he kind of predated and started in 83 before Hogan got there. But really, January of 84, he's the first guy, him and Fuji, to face Hogan to start the Hogan era. And he lasts all the way to January of 1988 where he loses the Junkyard Dog and Strike Force in the same night. And that's kind of his exit. And as he heads back to Japan, actually, it's funny. He'll be at the gathering, which is done by a buddy of mine, Marty T-Mark. The gathering will be down, I believe it's August 4th to August 6th in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Kim Duck, a.k.a. Tiger Chung Lee, will be there signing autographs and taking pictures. So if you're in that area or traveling or want to travel, I would definitely do that. That is a rare, rare get. Great job by Marty and the boys being able to get Tiger Chung Lee. I don't know how they did it. But they did a great get there for the gathering. Always great, rare guests there. So if you just look at it in general and you look at the career uh, of Kim Duck, really, his last match was recently, 531-2022, part of a Jumbo Saruta 23rd anniversary memorial service in Corken Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Kim Duck, Fujinami, Yatsu defeated Fuchi, Inawa, and Koshinaka. Very interesting. Wow. Still wrestling in 2022. Wow, what a run. 1968 was his debut in 1922. I mean, obviously, it's a multi-man match. He didn't do much, but still, being able to still wrestle well into his 70s. I think he's about 74 or 75. So pretty crazy, pretty impressive. Maybe Rick Flair doing his last match at 73 isn't as impressive uh, as we think. No, but it's in all seriousness, it really is. Just a quick sidebar here. I think you might also remember Tiger Cheng Lee being a henchman in The Golden Child, starring Eddie Murphy. He also played a mobster 
in the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Red Heat. He was also in Blind Fury and Cage as well. So, I mean, he did have a brief acting career, mostly in the mid-80s here in the United States. So, really, just a bridge for you, just a guy that, you know, Hogan needed, a strong opponent. The Japanese element of him being a strong heel was there. He was a good wrestler, good worker, had good size. So, really strong and important guy to have for Hogan in one of his first offenses to begin and to really start the Hogan era. So let's head to the plugs. You follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com, and of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Please, I implore you to check out T Public, tpublic.com slash tmpt, excuse me, slash stores slash tmpt. So tpublic.com slash stores slash tmpt, and you'll find the Hogan era stuff there. Awesome merch available on that site at that store. You'll love the Hogan era stuff. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week for the little Hogan era podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. Chung Lee. This is going to be a good, good matchup because I'll tell you, Tiger Chung Lee brings the mystery of the Orient into the ring, and he's a tough, tough customer, Gorilla. Master of the martial arts from Korea, certainly someone to reckon with. Tie up now as he backs the champion. Oh, nice block. Right hand by the champion sends a Tiger reeling. Hogan looks to be in tremendous physical condition as always. Well, he, he's got to wear down pretty soon. He's had an unbelievable schedule of late. That certainly will take its toll. And right now, those karate kicks by Chung Lee taking an effect on a champion. Whip in here. Whoa, ducked underneath that one. Scoop slam. Whoa, wow, that's 280 pounds plus. Hulkster tried to get him before he could get too far, but didn't make it. Well, that was a smart move by Tiger Chung Lee. The momentum had switched. He rolled out of the ring settle things down and get it back to ground zero. 
Oh, it brought him in the hard way over the top rope. As the champ goes out, Hulk. Backbreaker. Down for the cover. One, two, no. Right arm slipped out of there. He didn't hook the leg that time. He tried for just a straight body cover. Not going to beat Tiger Chung Lee that way. Arm ringer now by the champion. What a tremendous representative for the entire wrestling world and for the World Wrestling Federation is Hulk Hogan. Well, I'll tell you, Gorilla, he's a hero to all, but not all of us like heroes. Well, can't believe that you don't like a hero, Jess. I'm a little more devious myself. Oh, I'm obvious. a bit of a deviant. You resemble that remark very well, Jess. You're a devious, devious person. But I call it like it is, though. Hulkster now still working on the left arm and shoulder of Tiger Chung Lee. Chung Lee's going to have to rough it up here. He cannot match strength with Hogan. Incidentally, this is a non-title matchup. Referee, oh, look at the clean break here. Whoa! Crescent kick right on a throat. Beautiful move on the part of Tiger Chung Lee. He lulled the champion, got him to got him to believe what was happening, and laid it in there on him and took advantage. Now for the cover, one count only as the Hulkster kicks out immediately. You know, it's tough to be in Hogan's position because everyone, and I mean everyone, is coming for you. Absolutely. Every time he steps out there, someone's looking to put him on a shelf. Take that. Wow. Karate shot to the back of the neck, but look at the Hulkster bulking up here. Big right hand and another one. Three in a row. Hulkster with a whip in. Oh, clothesline. A beauty. Hulk with Whoa. a big leg drop right across the throat. Hooks the leg. One, two. He got him. Cassidy crowd on its feet, showing their approval. Look at this fantastic individual. No wonder he's one to respect of everyone. Not everyone. I told you that well, before, Gorilla. Not everyone. Everyone but the body. I, I could name a few more. Maybe Jimmy Hart. Maybe Fred Blassie. Well, Not everyone. All sadistic individuals. Let's go to the ring. There it is, Eye of the Tiger. As the Hulkster looking around, maybe he'll give us a little display here. Listen to this crowd. Now the egomaniac's going crazy. How many times have I seen you do that, Jess? I got reason to do it. He's Look an egomaniac. Fans on their feet, they love this individual. I don't, feel like I don't understand why people need the approval of all these fans. I still don't understand that. I don't need no approval. Everyone looking for a hero today, and there he is, the Hulkster. Representing the World Wrestling Federation as no one has ever done. Look at the charisma that this individual has. Spellbinding this capacity crowd. Going around the ring. Hulk Hogan, just a tremendous individual. Let's go back and take a look. There you see Hogan. 
Hogan shooting Tiger Chun Lee. Don't you give me no hard time. Why don't you put it up against me? By the Hulkster. Why don't you put it up against me? Drops the big leg in here, and believe me, folks, that's all she wrote at that point. One, two, three, it was all over. Interesting interview coming your way.